I'd like to continue on um, moving through the this chapter from the Four Foundations of Mindfulness on uh, Mindfulness of the Body. So there's um, so. I'd like to, before I do that, though, um, just say a few more words, review a little bit, and and maybe expand a bit on um, what is sati, sati, the Pali word that we translate mindfulness, and uh, so <clears throat> open it up a little bit, and um, and I do that uh, with the invitation that you discover for yourself what this quality of mind is that that we are cultivating um, it's um, it's something that we're all capable of cultivating but it's it's not something we all have the capacity for it and and we have um, it, it, it arises naturally uh, and yet most people don't uh, have it cultivated developed it's uh, as an as a uh, quality of mind without uh, putting in some some work at it, some cultivation. So so just to review a little bit, um, I mentioned this morning that that mindfulness is this quality of lucid awareness, um, knowing that we know, so feeling the body, uh, focusing on the body, feeling the body, sitting, on the chair, on the bench, on the cushion. And aware of the sensations and knowing that we are aware. And, um, and it has also a, um, a kind of a, an attention, a focus, um, w- in which we pay attention uh, as if we need to remember. So, Bhikkhu um, Analyo says, um, uh, it's, and Gil Fransdale talks about this too, uh, paying attention as if we're, in the same way that we would if we were wanting to remember something that somebody said or memorize a poem. You know, so it's not just letting it wash through us, but there's a precision that comes, a, a, an attention. Um, Analio uses the um, example like walking in the woods, and um, and maybe uh, you're walking with a guide, but you know that you'll have to come back without the guide, or or maybe uh, you know I, I thought of walking in the woods and you diverge from the main path you know and and I I do this a lot when I'm when I'm walking you know so I'm kind of marking okay this looks like that in relation to something and um, and there's that stone and you know just really paying attention and trying to um, uh, really noticing what's there so, so there's a, a certain energy to that. It's not a flaccid state of mind. And we're not judging or getting caught up in our likes or dislikes about what we're mi- what we're, when we're being mindful, whether it's being mindful of the body, mindful of our mind states, 
our thoughts, um, our, um, our, our emotions. Uh, we are um, we're letting go of judgments and preferences, and we're just attentive to what is. Um, we're fully in the present moment, whether it is uh, pleasant or an unpleasant experience. Uh, sometimes the uh, metaphor has been used uh, of a mirror, that the mind is a mirror in that sense of um, uh, just reflecting what's there. And, um, and also, uh, you know, I think that the mirror metaphor um, is, is it's not perfect, no metaphor is perfect, because there's also a certain uh, intimacy uh, when, especially when we're being mindful of feelings, mindful of emotions, mindful of physical sensations. So there is a, a quality of, uh, there's this uh, sense of subjectivity, of, of, of being um, not only aware of, but part of the whole field of experience. <clears throat> There's a, um, as we cultivate mindfulness, and as I've been um, guiding in the meditations, there's a certain uh, openness, an open quality, a, a, a kind of breadth of mind, uh, a relaxed quality. Uh, this, uh, mindfulness has often been described as having a, a sense of spaciousness. That you know, can we be, can we be spacious as we experience something? And this sense of spaciousness of 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 being the space of experience um, allows for seemingly different views or understandings to be together in the same space without needing to seize on one and expel the other. So, um, you know, a very simple example of this is um, as uh, something I, I experienced long ago, but it stuck in my mind because it was so um, such a, a revelatory experience. Uh, it was on one of my first retreats, and and I um, I was sitting in the hall, and my mind had been quite calm during the sitting, settled, present, and then I you know I was aware that that the sitting was probably almost over, and. Um, <coughs> And so a, a thought arose in my mind that I wanted to make a cup of tea when the sitting was over. And, um, and so then, then my mind got hooked and I was going in my mind down the hallway and going to the tea station and, and deciding what kind of tea I would have and deciding whether I wanted to have milk or honey or whatever, all of these things. And I was lost in a, in a desire fantasy, a, a fantasy around sens sensory desire. And it wasn't unpleasant while I was lost in the fantasy. As soon as I came back to realize that I wasn't at the tea station, <laughs> I was still sitting, and maybe there was another 10 minutes of the sitting, that's when it was uh, 
I realized that, oh, the, I really saw how uh, this can cause suffering. This kind of grasping mind can cause suffering and does cause suffering. And, and, and in that quality of mindfulness, you know, because there was presence and attention and, and mindfulness, there was a, a kind of a sense of space in which that experience of, of the suffering of desire and the, uh, the recognition which had a quality of joy to it, uh, the insight into the nature of desire, which was liberating. And there was a quality of joy to it. And in that space of mindfulness, you know, these seemingly opposite elements could both be present. And so, um, so this, this quality of, uh, of openness and um, with full presence. And, and as I've been kind of guiding in the meditations, um, inviting this uh, with the uh, it, with the um, mindfulness of breathing to to open up uh, a sense of the mindfulness of the breath in the whole body and um, and bring that to the uh, to your meditation as a kind of um, an anchor that the breathing in the body can um, uh, can can really help help us to um, have that that anchor in the present moment that um, that 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 sense of being uh, arriving in each moment arriving with each breath um, sustaining that that quality of whole body awareness. Um, so, um, yeah, so th those are just kind of to build on and, and expand a little bit um, the exploration of mindfulness uh, and specifically mindfulness in the body. And one of the things that um, Bhikkhu Analyo says is that, that that showing up in each moment uh, mindfully has a quality of joy to it. Like, no matter what's happening, you know, when we're fully there, there, there is a quality of, of, uh, of joy uh, when there's acceptance and openness and um, And even if even if what's there is difficult, uh, you know, there's there's um, not a sense of getting hooked into an identity around it uh, and contracting into a sense of you know I don't want this, you know I've got to get rid of this. What does this mean about me? So, but just opening to the experience in a very direct way. So, um, so moving on in the discourse, um, 
after the the part about mindfulness of breathing, which I talked about during the uh, instructions this morning, there's a, a refrain which is repeated um, throughout this this uh, chapter of the discourse, <clears throat> and this refrain goes like this: In this way. In regard to the body, one abides contemplating the body internally, or one abides contemplating the body externally, or one abides contemplating the body both internally and externally. So I'm going to talk about internally and externally and and explore what that means. He abides contemplating the nature of arising in the body, or one abides contemplating the nature of passing away in the body, or one abides contemplating the nature of both arising and passing away in the body. So arising and passing away is pointing to the insight that everything is changing everything's impermanent. So everything that we experience through our senses, which includes the mind in these teachings, because in, uh, in the Dharma the mind is considered the sixth sense. So everything that we experience through our eyes, our ears, our nose, our tongue, and the tactile sense of the body and the mind, is arising and passing away. And mindfulness that there is a body, so just simply there is the body, the body is present, is established in one to the extent necessary for bare knowledge and continuous mindfulness. And And one abides independent not clinging to anything in the world. That is how, in regard to the body, one abides contemplating the body. <clears throat> so, so there's a lot in there. There's the internally and externally. There's the arising and passing away. And then there's that, that sense of just... Um, having that sense of mindfulness that there is a body. So just kind of uh, a fluid sense of connection to the body um, and and not getting pulled out of that. Um, one thing that uh, I, I read in a, an essay by Gil Fronsdale is that uh, when he first started meditation, uh, he was meditating with this great master I've mentioned uh, from Thailand, Thai forest monk, uh, Buddha, uh, Bhikkhu Buddhadasa. And, um, and, and uh, Buddhadasa told the retreatants at the beginning of the retreat, don't do anything that takes you out of your body. Don't do anything that takes you out of your body. 
So, so that was a very simple instruction. Um, and really, Gil took it quite seriously. And then he realized how, in so many ways, he was kind of reaching out of his body all the time with his mind. And, you know, moving ahead to the next thing or, or wondering about lunch or uh, remembering something that happened and then just coming back and to that simple presence of there is a body, there is this body. So, and, and so the breath is a way to uh, ground ourselves in the body uh, in a very simple and direct way or simply feeling the body, simply feeling a sense of the whole body. And, um, <clears throat> and so, um, so going back to the uh, mindful of the body internally and externally, you know, these are uh, really uh, in very important instructions. They're given so simply and succinctly. Um, the way I've understood this uh, is that we're, we're bringing ourselves into a sense of abiding in the body um, by feeling the breath and by feeling the sensations in the body um, uh, feeling the sensations of the breath feeling the sensations of um, you know, our soreness, the tingling, all of these um, sensations that also the yoga practice is so helpful in, in, in helping us to uh, become embodied in this way. <clears throat> and, and so mindful of the body internally um, develops this uh, skill, uh, what's what's uh, referred to in term in in cognitive science as interoception. So interoception is the knowing the experience of the body inside the body, feeling the body inside the body, and and also we develop the skill of proprioception, which is knowing how the body is composed and how it's in what position it is so being mindful of that so that's another focus for mindfulness and in the next part of the discourse the Buddha talks about this he talks about postures and there are two sections on postures <clears throat> so um, when he's always talking to his uh, uh, his students and, um, and he says, when walking, one knows I am walking. So there's a mindfulness, there's an attention. I'm walking. So we're doing walking meditation. We're practicing that skill of being present and walking. And we can cultivate that, that presence and quality of mindfulness in walking so that when we're walking to the store, we don't necessarily need to get lost in some mental drama. 
we can be walking on the earth covered with cement nonetheless it's the earth and uh, cement is made out of earth and um, and we're in the body when walking one knows I'm walking when standing one knows I am standing when sitting one knows I'm sitting when lying down one knows I'm lying down or one knows according how accordingly however one's body is disposed so so when doing a yoga asana one knows how one's body is disposed well sometimes it's a little confusing to figure out isn't it if you get yourself in that <laughs> funny position that you you've never been in before but um, yeah uh, so so that um, that presence, that attention, that awareness of the postures of the body. And then uh, he goes further. And when going forward and returning, one acts clearly knowing. When looking ahead and looking away, one acts clearly knowing. When flexing and extending one's limbs, one acts clearly knowing. When wearing robes and carrying one's outer robe and bowl, so this is a monk wear, uh, wearing his robes and going out for alms and carrying his bowl, so, but it could be carrying a pot of stew to the kitchen table. Um, one knows. Um, one acts clearly knowing. When eating, drinking, consuming food, and tasting, one acts clearly knowing. When defecating and urinating, one acts clearly knowing. When walking, standing, sitting, falling asleep, waking up, talking, and keeping silent, one acts clearly knowing. So, so this is a continuity of practice that is, um, you know, to, uh, to develop this, you know, it's, it's something that we, we can uh, just keep deepening and deepening because, uh, you know, we have these habits of mind and we're walking or we're cooking or we're washing the dishes and, uh, and the mind wanders and, and we're off in some kind of uh, either fantasy or drama or memory or plan um, and and we're not present in the body um, and you know one can even think one can even use the mind um, with mindfulness so it doesn't mean that we never think it doesn't mean that we never plan it doesn't mean that we never reflect on things uh, but one can do so clearly knowing. And um, it's this driven quality of, of the mind that creates suffering. I remember, um, you know, uh, when I was on a long retreat and uh, I, I was thinking about something uh, in my life um, and and thinking, 
okay, this is what I want to do about that. <coughs> and, and it seemed sensible and it seemed like a good idea. Okay, great. Then a few minutes later, came up again. Okay, this is what I want to do about that, and this is what I'm going to say to them. Hmm, okay, yes, I decided that. Uh, and then the way it kept coming up again and again. So there's, a, there's something underlying the simple thought or the plan or the decision which is a kind of a drivenness, whether it's anxiety or grasping or there's something that doesn't just let the mindful reflection, maybe even done with some wisdom, consideration, doesn't let it just be, but it, if there's not freedom around it, if there's not um, awareness around it. And so then my next, my next uh, attention, my next mindful investigation was to that underlying energy, whatever that was, that was, and to be with that, to open to that. What, how does that feel? In the, <clears throat> how does that feel in the body? What is the, what's driving my attention back and back and back again? So, um, so the internally has to do with, um, being present in the body, knowing uh, one's moment-by-moment -moment experience, experience in the body, um, in the present moment, and also the unawareness of the body, which has a sense of the body as um, the form, the shape, you know, the, how the body is reaching, or how the body is bending, or um, or what activity that the body is doing, um, and and having that attention and mindfulness, and then and then externally, one is also aware that there are other bodies. Um, and and that each of these bodies is also sensing and experiencing um, the uh, the aliveness of the body internally, um, breathing, swallowing, uh, interoception, and also aware of. Um, of the of the movements of other people, other bodies around us, so 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 this brings us to a a broader uh, 
quality of awareness that perhaps um, lifts us, can lift us out of a sense of self-absorption and recognizing that, you know, as I am um, walking and perhaps feeling soreness in my knees or hips, someone else might be as well. As, as I am sitting in meditation and a feeling of sadness arises, someone else might be as well. Perhaps it will open us to be more perceptive, you know, of somebody who may be walking in a way that is uh, expressing an attitude of, uh, of sorrow or, or illness or some difficult uh, experience and make us more sensitive. So, so this, um, this practice is, it's not just about becoming mindful uh, for my own freedom, but it's also opening up our awareness that, that this journey that I'm on, um, wanting to become mindful, to be more uh, at peace, and to be more free and less caught in reactivity, um, is one that others share as well. <clears throat> So this, um, so the real key, uh, the real practice of um, of mindfulness in the Satipatthana Sutta is seeing uh, all of these different experiences of the body and also feelings and mind and formations um, to recognize that uh, they are um, that they're happening that we're not making them happen that they're they're all happening and and most essentially that they are all arising and passing away and um, and so this is this is a, the insight that the Buddha keeps pointing to, that all of this experience in the body that we're experiencing in the body is is arising and passing away. And and so the mindfulness becomes an anchor, a ground within which the space within which we can be at ease with the flow of experience. We can be open to, we can be accepting of the flow of experience rather than always getting caught in grasping onto what's a pleasant experience and trying to push away and get rid of what's an unpleasant or difficult or painful experience. So, so these, these uh, first meditations that the Buddha taught in, the, um, in this chapter 
are really inviting us to enter into an exploration of our experience of the body. Experience of the breath, experience of moving the body, experience of being doing the activities in our lives and seeing how we being present as we inhabit the body in these activities. And and then in the next sections of the discourse, um, the Buddha's going to, uh, coming up tomorrow, um, the Buddha's going to uh, give us some contemplations to point to, you know, how do we actually regard the body and think about the body uh, in ways that are diluted and lead to suffering. You know, we, we have so many ways that we identify with the body, that we, that we think that we are, um, uh, that we project a sense of ourself through how we uh, dress the body and, and hold the body, or we, we have so many ways that we judge our bodies, or we use the body um, to uh, try to get some kind of happiness or pleasure, um, to, to, to feel contentment and in our lives, but it's a, it's a, it's a losing game because of the arising and passing away thing. You know that that yes, it might be a pleasant experience right now, but it's not going to it's not going to sustain us um, in any kind of long term c- contentment or peace. So so really uh, seeing that and and observing that and and opening to that reality is uh, is what we're what we're doing here. And um, and when we stop, when we or as we, it's not something that happens like you turn a page or flip on a light switch, but uh, but it's a it's a gradual process, you know. As we as we practice mindfulness of the body in this way, uh, uh, what I've found is that a real profound shift can happen in how we relate to the body. Um, you know, through presence in the body, it becomes our home. It becomes a kind of a refuge. Um, it becomes our ally, so that when we stop, um, or when we let go of these habits of of trying to use the body to gain happiness uh, or pleasure, or or when we um, release the body from addictive behaviors. Um, when we really bring our loving attention, our, our 
kind presence, uh, this quality of kindness um, and acceptance to the body and into the body, uh, it becomes our home. And, um, and we, uh, we can listen to the body. We can, the body will tell us when we're, you know, pushing ourselves. The body will tell us, you know, when we're considering doing something harmful to ourselves or to another, the body will say, uh, that's not a good idea. When we listen to the body, the body really becomes our wise ally. Um, it's, uh, it's, it's really something quite um, marvelous. And, um, and so this, um, that, we, that we can, we can have this, uh, this sense of home in the body um, and, um, and, and, and it happens paradoxically as we relinquish our sense of the body as me or mine, or that somehow I'm in control. But when we truly recognize that uh, the body is an expression of life, is part of life, is, uh, is, is this uh, manifestation, is this process, um, and our consciousness is part of that, and that you know, we, we don't cling to it as me or mine, we don't try to make it conform to some idea of what it has to be or what others have told us it has to be. Um, when, when we have more freedom and sense of openness and, and uh, just um, connecting with the body, grounded in the body in a way that, that is um, light and not grasping, um, it, it, it so deeply supports our practice. And so while we have this body, while we have this body, not that we have it, but while this body is alive, and while this body has sufficient health, even if it's not perfect health, sufficient health to practice, um, let's um, make use of this precious opportunity and blessing to, to uh, wake up, wake up in our lives. Let's just take a moment to, you don't have to change your posture, just for a minute, uh, just to sit quietly and feel the breath in the body.
So we have a walking meditation time. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.